opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Housing Wire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features an interview with TIAA Bank Executive Vice President and Chief Banking Officer John Pataki. In this episode, Pataki discusses the current state of the housing market, diving into the impacts the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the housing industry, and what trends he expects to see in the market going forward. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. Housing Wire listeners, today I'm joined with John Pataki, the EVP and Chief Banking Officer at TIA Bank. Thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. Good morning. Good morning. Listeners, John will be talking to us about the current state of the housing market. As you know, we're more than a year into the COVID-19 pandemic, and while the world is inching closer towards normalcy, the pandemic is still impacting many industries across the nation. John, let's talk about one of the most important impacts of the pandemic on the housing industry mortgage rates. Throughout last year, mortgage rates hovered near historic lows, driving home buyer demand tremendously. Last week, Freddie Mac reported in the previous week, the average mortgage rate for 30-year fixed loan rose five basis points to 3.02%, marking the first time since July that the industry has seen rates break above 3%. John, my first question for you today is, how will this uptick impact home buyer demand moving forward? Well, I, th- I certainly think it's going to cast a watchful eye uh, on the part of the consumers because certainly rates are significant factors that determine when they either enter the market or when they go on pause. It, I think it's too early in the game right now um, to really determine how much this movement will impact them or where the the ultimate inflection point is 
that would cause people to step back. 3.02, as, as you noted with the, the Fannie uh, or Freddie index, still extremely low and extremely attractive on a relative basis. And it still will allow a significant number of particularly first-time home buyers to enter the market. The, the key watch item is where do rates go from here? How far do they tick up? One of the things that we've been watching carefully is the 10-year um, treasury rate. It's a, a great um, indicator, of, you know, maybe somewhat of a leading indicator of where rates may go. And as we've watched this movement from approximately 50 basis points, 0.5%, you know, uh, nine months ago, 10 months ago to, um, you know, today it's it's hovering in the 1.5 range. And so uh, that that trajectory, the slope of that starting to indicate that, that maybe things are going to continue to head up. And then other experts are saying that, that will start to plateau. And so this early movement we've seen in the mortgage rates could slow down a little bit. I think over the longer period of time, rates will go up. You know, I think we've talked about that in past discussions. It's a matter of it at the pace of change and how that uh, potentially affects the buying power that the consumer has. Because right now the buying power is, is still very attractive at the current rate um, environment that's out there. All right, so this brings me to my next question. Throughout last year, low rates drove, uh, drove demand significantly, leading to steep competition amongst buyers, which attributed to home prices rising across the nation. We've talked about how the uptick in mortgage rates will impact demand, but I wanna focus on how it will affect home prices. Do you believe home prices will continue to climb or are they likely to cool? I think a little of both. And, and, and what I mean exactly by that is there still is sufficient demand at today's rates um, and with the pure population of available first-time buyers, um, and, and particularly uh, the, the, the millennial population that in many cases has waited a little bit longer than the traditional generations before them before making their first purchase. But there still is demand for them to participate, um, and at you know round numbers three percent, um, they still have decent buying power with that rate. I think we'll see uh, a continued uh, movement up in uh, activity, and and prices will continue to ascend um, until such time as um, rates make a much more significant move. And whether that's, you know, we crested 3%. Now it may take going through a 4% um, barrier before we start to see things um, temper and, and, and that cooling, as you said, the cooling of the um, uh, price rise and demand um, starting to take, take effect. You know, the just as a as a point of reference, when you think about where rates were um, at two point seven five, which seemed like it wasn't that long ago for a thirty year fixed rate loan, um, if somebody was buying a two hundred eighty thousand dollar house, their principal and interest at at that interest rate uh, was just over nine nine hundred dollars a month. If we get to four hundred four um, percent uh, rate, 
that same amount now is is cresting $1,100 a month. So that $200 a month impact of higher um, uh, higher loan cost uh, on a monthly basis uh, that that can take some people out of the market, particularly like I say that first time buyer, which you know supply and demand um, uh, still is alive and well, and it, it does drive value. And when people are uh, when there's an enormous amount of uh, buyer interest, uh, prices uh, go up, and there's competition, and you know at or above asking price is the norm in many markets. I think we'll start to see that slowing down, um, uh, not completely chilling, just starting to slow down because the growth has been just so rapid over the last 12 months. All right. So we can't discuss supply and demand without discussing housing inventory. Um, Even prior to the pandemic, housing inventory had hit record lows and the problem was worsened as demand heightened. In 2021, is supply projected to climb or continue to dwindle? I think we're going to continue to see uh, a dwindling. The um, you know the 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 huge amount of activity that took place um, even even throughout the pandemic, which was um, quite shocking to many, um, but people figured it out and and realized that rates were probably never going to be this low. And so, what a great opportunistic time for for the buyers and and. And sellers who were looking to maybe downsize or exit the markets. Um, I, I think there's a number of factors that are, um, are are adding even more stress to that. You know, supply and demand. There's a finite number of of existing property out there, and the home builders have also been um, slower with um, new projects. Um, they're having supply. Uh, material supply issues, lumber, and other um, key raw materials that they need for home buying. Those prices have gone up as well. Um, so I think we're getting this combination of factors. You know, there's a, a, a dwindling supply of existing properties, and there's not the normal uh, volume of, of new construction starts um, to augment or backfill to meet the needs that the the buying um, public um, uh, is potentially going to participate in. And so, you know, I think the the combination of those, um, you know, will will cause um, somewhat of a a muting factor uh, on growth. And as we talk about home prices, I want to discuss the nation's luxury home markets. Um, Last year, the luxury market really heated up as renewed interest from high-end buyers drove demand. Can you touch on how these markets are behaving currently? How do they compare to the rest of the housing market overall? You know, I think they are having somewhat of a, of a different experience. Um, you know, the, these are, are markets that I, I won't say are rece- recessionary proof or um, uh, can operate in, in complete um, isolation of what's going on in, in the more macro markets. But, you know, as you said, we did see phenomenal uh, uh, upward performance in the luxury markets throughout 2020. Although we, what we started to see were some changes there as well, uh, much of which was driven by behaviors coming out of the pandemic. And we saw that urban centers, uh, urban luxury markets were not, were starting to slow down. And we're seeing some outflow 
um, and the, the the net beneficiary of those luxury markets were suburban areas, um, as well as you know even geographic, even broader geographic movements. So not just people moving out of Manhattan and going to New Jersey or Connecticut. While you know while a lot of that took place, we were also seeing luxury shift where people were coming out of New York and going to North Carolina and Florida and, you know, coastal South Carolina on the West Coast, people coming out of L.A., San Francisco and going into some of the mountain resort areas in Colorado and in Utah and in um, Idaho and Montana. And so, you know, people, uh, the, the luxury buyer who has that flexibility and um, is finding themselves working remote more than they would in an office and maybe seeing that trend continue, um, there's a movement to um, uh, states with lower taxes um, that have a lot of other attractive amenities that the luxury buyers are looking for, um, but they're in environments where um, they're not worried about long distance commutes and traffic and other factors. And so I think that, you know, indications are that that is continuing to happen. And in many cases, places they're going, there's a supply and demand um, dynamic in place. And um, they are coming out of high cost markets, um, coming into attractive markets and willing to pay well above asking price because on a value comparison, you know, the, that luxury purchase is getting them double and, and maybe even triple the, uh, the, the property type that, the, that they're trading out of coming from some of these other high cost luxury areas. And so markets that are, we're seeing some downward adjustment on, I mentioned New York, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Boston, and then uh, parts of Hawaii are also seeing um, uh, some of that effect as well. And so I think it's a, you know, it's still going to be a strong market throughout 21. Um, much of that market is not nearly as impacted by the rate environment. Um, uh, oftentimes people are using financing in those markets um, merely as a leverage or, or a tax benefit. Um, uh, versus in the um, uh, you know first-time home buyer and and, and the other um, uh, traditional mortgage markets where you know uh, financing is 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 required in order to facilitate the the home purchase and so um, I, I think it's it, it should continue to be strong but somewhat different than maybe it looked like in 2020. Right. And so we've talked about the luxury market, but before we wrap today, is there anything else you think we should know about the housing market as a whole? Um, I, you know, there's nothing that's really top of mind. I think that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be continuing to watch, um, you know, home price index, you know, to see how that squeezes out affordability in certain markets. And then, as I said, we talked a lot about interest rates and the impact that that has um, on, on absolute purchase power um, and activity levels. And so, you know, the, the the fundamentals of supply and demand and cost of borrowing continue to be, you know, some of the most significant drivers and where markets go. And those will be the things that we'll be uh, having a watchful eye on. All right. Well, I'd like to say thank you for joining us today on Housing Wire Daily, and I hope we can hear from you soon. Thank you very much. Look forward to it. Thank you. 
Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.